Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. Podcast. Today's episode features Brian Hannigan with a message on the anointing. The anointing is a word we commonly use in our conversations, but there's two words that are a bit similar, the anointing and glory. Glory and the anointing, the glory of God and the anointing of God. I do not think that they are too dissimilar. But I thought it would be good for us to have a brief study on the anointing. Through this lesson, I believe God wants us to have a greater understanding of the anointing so we can walk in revelation. You will see in this study how your gifts and ministry in the local church, in the church and out of the church, are connected to the anointing. Your gifts are part and parcel of the anointing. In our Christian conversations and teachings, we often speak about the anointing. Let us attempt to grasp or even define the anointing. The anointing is something we experience. It is, in reality, someone that we are experiencing. It is Jesus Christ. He is the anointed one. Messiah is the Hebrew word that means anointed one. And didn't we enjoy tonight the consciousness of the anointing of God as God moved upon our hearts and blessed us? We often say that we can feel the anointing. I believe that we become conscious in our being that we are in the presence of God. We are feeling his glory. We feel the anointing because we feel his presence. We are in fellowship with our creator, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We we feel so wonderful in the presence of Jesus. We feel a sense of awe. We were designed to feel blessed. We were created to sense and receive his anointing. Sometimes, though, when the Lord is present, present, we do not feel the anointing. Uh, It's a bit like on a nice sunny day when a big cloud comes and obscures the sun. The sun is still shining, but we are in the shadows. That can be caused by many things. It can be sorrow that obscures our sense of his presence. Definitely sin without repentance will dull our awareness of his nearness and obscure his presence. Illness can rob us of the feeling of the anointing. I remember at times wondering why everybody's having such a good church meeting and I'm sitting there not enjoying it like they are and realized that I had uh, an infection and it was affecting my feeling. Unforgiveness is another obstacle. As are being unthankful, And being critical of others, having a critical spirit, our being, our our self, does not always register his presence, even though he never leaves us or forsakes us. We speak of Jesus as the anointed one, and I recall 
Brother York saying this, that Jesus is the anointed one, but he is also the anointing one. We not only feel his presence, his anointing, but we are being anointed by Jesus. Praise his name. Isaiah 61 opens with the proclamation that the Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me too, and then I have dot, dot, dot. He's anointed us for acts of ministry. And there in that scripture it lists five important ministries of deliverance. We are anointed so that we can be ministers of his deliverance and his joy. We are anointed to have power over the flesh. The anointing is meant to do more than help us to sense God's presence. It's for much, much more. The anointing is intended to give us power, spiritual power. You will recall when Jesus had risen from the dead and he was with his disciples in Galilee, and they were quite excited because they had pictured that Jesus was there to overthrow the Roman occupation of Israel and get rid of those enemies. But Jesus said that they should go to Jerusalem. It wasn't time for the overthrow of kingdom, human kingdoms. Jesus had something better in mind. He wanted the believers to tarry in Jerusalem, waiting for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that what the church needed was not the was the anointing not to change the status of human governments. He wanted to transport the transform the hearts of every believer. And I want to add this caution: let's not be entangled, as uh, Brother Art Dorn said, with all the opinions and all the things that are going on in the earth today. But let's be preoccupied with the coming kingdom, with the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The world does not need more opinions. What it needs is God to touch his people once again. So we can all agree that the anointing is also an endorsement. The Lord is giving his approval and his blessing. I believe when we are in a meeting and we feel the flow of His of the anointing, that God is giving his stamp of approval, so to speak. His presence is there because he is happy with how things are going and how we're conducting ourselves. Perhaps you've been in a meeting where you felt the anointing lift and diminish. I have. I remember those times. It usually indicates that someone has been out of order, so to speak, having done something that disturbs the anointing, causing God to withdraw his approval. That rarely happens, but it still serves as a warning to us all to walk in the Spirit and not in our carnal nature. Usually if we're in a meeting where it's kind of gone off the tracks, somebody there will get us back on course with a song or an exhortation or prayer. So it usually just happens for a moment. Early in this move of the Spirit, uh, we received a teaching that there are three levels of anointing. The anointing of feeling, 
the anointing of knowing and the anointing of being. When I asked one of the traveling elders about this teaching, specifically, is it still part of our understanding? His reply was that if it was the truth then, it is still the truth today. I will speak briefly about this teaching. First, the anointing of feeling. We can be sensitive to the anointing on the level of feeling. It is a wonderful experience. To feel the presence of Jesus is something that we always long for and love. I believe it is God's delight to give us this kind of joy. It is God's uh, joy to give us the anointing of feeling. Then there's the anointing of knowing. There's a level of anointing here that we can experience, a, a deeper level, you might say, where we know that we are in his presence. We know we are experiencing his blessing. We may not feel his presence. We might or we may not, but we know. We know. We have a full assurance that we are in his loving care. We don't always expect to feel his presence, but by faith, we know we are under the anointing. This level of anointing comes with a deeper walk and a deeper intimacy with the Lord. It is evidence of maturity. Then there's the anointing of being. This is that level of anointing that we see in Jesus Christ. His very being, everything about him was flowing with the Holy Spirit. This is the level of anointing that we are desiring, that God is desiring in a sonship company. This is where, where we are so yielded to God, so filled with his Holy Spirit, that we simply become vessels that are filled and overflowing with his presence, his anointing. This is the anointing of being. This is what we are crying out to God for. We do not graduate essentially from one level, level of anointing to another, leaving one level behind. Rather, the anointing of feeling, the anointing of knowing, and the anointing of being are progressive, like stepping into an ocean water to the ankles, water to the thighs, and then water to swim in. Glory be to God. I want to encourage you, saints of God, to consider as I continue to bring this message that we must be filled with the Spirit. We must be being filled with the Spirit. If you can pray in the heavenly language, let's pray more in the heavenly language. If you have not received the Holy Spirit and have that liberty in speaking in tongues. Just ask God for it because the scripture said, Jesus said this, if, I, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to you? So do not be shy to ask for the Spirit. Now I want to turn our attention to the time when Moses and the children of Israel had left Egypt and they were just entering the the wilderness experience and Moses was on the mount with God and we'll read from Exodus chapter 30 starting with verse 22 
That's Exodus 30, 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the following fine spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much, that is 250 shekels of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant calamus, 500 shekels of cassia, all according to the sanctuary shekel, and a hin of olive oil. And I'll just say there, a hin is about a gallon and a half. Make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. It will be the sacred anointing oil. Then use it to anoint the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law, the table and all its articles, the lampstand and its accessories, the altar of incense. Verse 28, the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils and the basin with its stand. Verse 29, you shall consecrate them so they will be most holy and whatever touches them will be holy. Let me just highlight again that you shall consecrate them the things that are anointed will be most holy because of the anointing. And whatever touches them will be holy. God required four costly and rare ingredients mixed with olive oil to make the holy anointing oil. It was to be a specific blend, never to be added to or misused. Disobedience bore a severe punishment Then in verse 9, we see that whatever it touches and whatever touches what is anointed will become holy. Then in verse 32, do not pour it on anyone else's body and do not make any other oil using the same formula. It is sacred and you are to consider it sacred. I want to talk a little bit about the anointing today and how it compares to that anointing and make some connection there. You see, in this present move of God's Spirit, we've been admonished to maintain the greatest reverence for the presence of God. One of the prophecies tonight said, Be reverent before me. We are to be in awe when we gather together. We are to wait before the Lord as the saints assemble. Reverence has been emphasized and required. We are on holy ground, as our brother Hurdle sang. We are in the presence of the Holy One. This is not ordinary. This is not a social gathering. This is different from any other assembly of people. We are to invite God's presence by our reverence. We have been taught that we must not try to be God's people by organizing the meetings, by featuring special guest speakers, by highlighting talent. We are not to be thrilled by human ability. We instead place God on the highest place, far above all else. This does not mean that God does not use talent. We should use our talent to the best of our ability as we commit it to God that it will be used for him. We are also saints of God. This has been said to us. We are to become, for lack of a better word, unable to operate unless we are under the anointing. God wants his church to yield to his spirit and let him lead us by the spirit. 
Like the anointing oil in Exodus, the presence of the Lord, the moving of his spirit, this is most holy. Now I want to tie together for us the connection between the anointing of his presence and the operation of gifts and ministries. Saints of God, let us establish that the gifts that operate within you and me are actually Jesus. The gifts that each one of you out there have are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Praise his name. It is the ministry of Jesus Christ resident in every believer. The abilities of Jesus operate in you as you yield to him. Is that clear? I hope so. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It stands to reason then that these gifts are anointed. Your gifts are part of the anointed one. Amen? Your gifts shared with the local church are holy ingredients of the anointing. You bring components and and rare and wonderful ingredients of Jesus Christ when you come before the church and stand ready to minister. These gifts are holy. When members minister one by one, they are adding the essence of Jesus to the flow of his presence. It's like Christ being there who is the anointing and us uh, allowing Christ in us to add to the ingredients to make that holy oil. 1 Corinthians 14.26 says this. I'd like every person to really pay attention to this. 1 Corinthians 14.26 What shall we say then, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you, not some of us, each of us has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. And there are many other ways that the Spirit of God is operating gifts and ministries in, in his people. Everything must be done. This is still part of the scripture. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Each of us, oh, brothers and sisters, each of us, shall I say, are ingredients, holy ingredients, ready to be shared from, from within us. Not some of us, but each of us. We need every member leaning into their responsibility, being willing to give, coming to church prepared to stand ready with an attitude that if God prompts me, I will make a contribution. There are no spare tires in the church, so to speak. Nothing that just sits and waits. Ministry in the church is not meant to be left to those holding offices. Each of us are ministries. Listen, each of us are ministries with equal responsibility in the church. We need everyone to be willing to give what is dwelling within. God does not want to coddle and baby us anymore. He could accomplish much in the church by his sovereignty. 
He could simply pour out his spirit. But we are in a new era. This is the era of God's sovereignty coupled with man's responsibility. This is entering into the anointing of being where Christ in yielded vessels rules and reigns in our midst in his power. Oh, saints of God, this will cause a flow of life and anointing such as we have never seen before as we all come prepared and ready to add the ingredients of the anointing that is within us. Do you see that we are intended to be the anointing or be the vessels by being filled with the anointed one? It is us simply being the vessel and letting Jesus Christ be glorified in us. Glory to his name. The late brother Henry from Antigua would exhort the church to pull up our socks. In other words, everybody enter in. Everybody come willing to add their ingredients, to add the anointed one who is dwelling within. May each one of us come into his presence with a willing spirit and give what the Lord provides. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you now, we just thank you, O Lord, for your loving kindness. We thank you for your awesome plan. We thank you, dear Lord, that we can sing unto you, touch your people once again. We thank you, O Lord, that you are willing, though we have faltered many, many times. O Lord God, we want to see your people arise in newness of life, your life, O Lord. We want Christ within to be the glory. We want you to glorify you yourself in the people. We want you to share your anointing with us but we must yield to you and come before your presence ready and willing to give. Fill your people with your Holy Spirit, Lord. For those who are wanting to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, give them an an abundance uh, infilling tonight. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are the anointing one. It is you that fills people with your Holy Spirit. So meet that need. And for those who have had a period of dryness, just reinvigorate us all, Lord. For those who are being tested and tried, we still believe we are on holy ground and we are dealing with the God of the universe who said in the beginning, let there be light and there was light and the darkness began to flee before your presence. So, Lord, we just commit all of our hearts and lives to you. May your church become alive more than ever before, we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.